Nicholas Bornholz of CapitalLink, I would like to welcome you all to the first panel discussion of uh, today's forum. Uh, I would like to uh, thank uh, the panelists for joining us. Uh, I would uh, turn the floor over in, in a minute to Andy McCarran, uh, who is the Maritime Performance Services Director of Lloyd's Register. Thank you, Andy, for uh, putting uh, the panel together and for moderating it. And thank you, of course, to the panelists. The title of this panel is London Calling, Leading the Global Digital Transformation Technology and Digitalization are one of the core topics, um, uh, the critical topics of the industry today. So I will turn it over to Andy, who's going to introduce the, um, the panelists. I would also like to remind everybody that uh, the, the uh, audience that they are welcome to submit questions uh, through the Q&A function and uh, time permitting, the panelists will address them. So thank you very much. And Andy, the floor is yours. So thank you very much indeed, Nicholas, to yourself and the whole Capital Link team for, for pulling together today's sessions. Um, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. Welcome to this Capital Link panel session, as Nicholas says, entitled London Calling, Leading the Global Digital Transformation. My name is Andy McCarran, and I'm the Director for our Performance Services uh, within Lloyd's Register. It's a great honour that I'm able to host today's first panel session uh, with four great panellists from across the industry. Unfortunately, Shreyas will not be able to join us today, but we have Rachel, Keld, John and Jerry ready to go. As way of an introduction to this session, for all of us, life has significantly changed since the last London International Shipping Week. Two years ago, we'd have had be, we'd have, we'd been getting ready for the plush event venues for our leadership discussion today. And while many are testing the waters for the return to in-person events this week, the way we have counted on technology over the last 18 months has left an indelible mark. It has reshaped the way we do things, and many of these are set to stay with us for a long time. In our industry, one of the marked impacts of the pandemic is how our regard for technology has changed. There is now greater appetite and acceptance of digital solutions across the industry. A data-driven transformation that extends beyond ship owners and ship managers to charterers, financiers and insurers is very much underway. In today's session, we will evaluate shipping's digital data maturity, look at how we've been working to overcome some of the data challenges and how industry stakeholders can derive value from data solutions for making better operational decisions. The advent of EEXI, or the Energy Efficiency Existing Ship Index, or CII, the Carbon Intensity Indicator, is creating a new level of complexity to ship operations and the overall maritime industry. So we will also assess why data is part of the solution, as well as how data will change the commercial and regulatory landscape that we see coming ahead. I'm delighted to be joined by four industry leaders to get their views on the risks and opportunities presented by digitalization in maritime, as our industry faces up to some pretty sizable challenges in the decades ahead. So we have a mere 45 minutes uh, this morning. So I'm going to let our panelists introduce themselves, their companies, and share some of the insights on how their organizations are embracing technology and the use of data. How has this changed in recent years, especially in light of the pandemic, and how this may evolve in the years ahead. So over to my panelists and starting with you, please, Kelt. Yeah, thank you very much, and uh, good morning, afternoon, and evening to everyone, wherever you are. Uh, yeah, my name is Kjeld Jensen. I uh, have been with Torm since 15. Uh, Torm is a shipping company located in Copenhagen, basically, uh, operating some 80 vessels 
product tankers. We are pure product tanker uh, operator. Since I started back in, uh, in uh, shipping in 89, many years back, I've been working uh, across IT and the business uh, and have developed quite a few uh, software solutions, primarily related to, uh, to fuel efficiency ever since. Tom uh, is, uh, you can say, unlike uh, many other uh, shipping companies, uh, we have decided to have everything under one roof, uh, meaning that we own our vessels. We, are, we have the shipping, uh, the ship management there, and we are fully commercialized. Uh, I mean, we are uh, managed our fleet commercially as well. So we call it one Tom. Uh, and it gives us good opportunities to make the right decisions in-house uh, across the organizational border. Not least when we are also talking about digital solutions. Uh, we, we do the thing which is the right thing to do. Uh, seen uh, from a digital point of view, uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, Tom is well positioned. Uh, we have a modern and, uh, uh, and, and well-managed uh, core systems, uh, but uh, equally important, we also have a well-developed BI platform, uh, which spans across the entire organization. Uh, and that has really helped us a lot uh, to, to improve our efficiency, not only the operational, but not least the, uh, the fuel efficiency. Uh, we are currently uh, discussing how we can bring shore and ship even further uh, and closer, because we think this is where, where we can gain the most. Uh, and uh, it's still on the, on the discussion, but we are having a few projects uh, to see how, how that could work. Um, we can say that uh, for the fuel efficiency, we think there are even more, more to gain. Uh, even though that we since 15 had uh, have improved our fuel efficiency by some 12%. Uh, so there's still a way to go. Uh, that, that's our belief. And uh, this is the way we will pursue in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Geld. I think you've hit a really key point there around the shipshore um, relationships that, that need to be built as well as, as we look at the data advancements. So Rachel. Thank you. Uh, hello everyone and pleasure to be on the panel. So my name is Rachel Hoyland. I'm a shipping lawyer. Uh, I'm a senior associate at law firm Hill Dickinson, which is a UK based law firm with an international maritime practice. So we have offices in Hong Kong, Singapore, Piraeus and Monaco, as well as in London and elsewhere in the UK. Uh, prior to that, I also worked in-house. Uh, so I worked in an operational shipping environment as a lawyer as well in one of the largest container lines in the world. And my specialist interest around shipping and shipping law at the moment is the carbonisation of the shipping industry. But thinking as a law firm, when we think about data, first and foremost for us, that means our clients' data and all of that mass of information that we handle. And so confidentiality and security for us is first and foremost. And I think that's probably common across the legal industry. Um, Second to that, when we're thinking about data and technology, I guess, Andy, as you've touched on already, the last couple of years through the pandemic have been very different for us in terms of the way that we've worked. And Hill Dickinson was well along the path already of engaging technology, which allowed us to do our jobs as lawyers uh, without all needing to go to the office. Uh, and then in the time frame that we've had to really deploy that fully, that's worked well for us and uh, it's been useful that we've been able to actually interact and connect with our clients more 
uh, we've had better connectivity as a team working together around things, especially when you're working across international boundaries. Um, so that's where the technology piece, I think, has been significant for us uh, over the last couple of years. More broadly in the legal industry, particularly when we're talking about data and technology, an area where it often comes up is evidence and evidence management. So the content of our work involves handling and sifting through large volumes of data, which we're extracting from uh, shipping industry situations in order that we can handle the legal disputes around them. Something that we see a lot more now that didn't used to be so prevalent in the past uh, is technology assisted data review. And I guess a question for the future is at what point will that blend into perhaps AI lawyers as well as AI data review? Thank you very much indeed, Rachel. And, and touching on AI there is a, a thing for the future around business process optimization, which is certainly part of um, the events over the next couple of days where we look at sort of things towards uh, autonomy, but also business process improvement. So thank you for that, Rachel. Um, Jerry, if I could bring you into the conversation, please. Hi, Andy. Thank you. Good morning. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to uh, all our guests online. Um, my name is Jerry Doherty. I am the Director of Fleet Management with uh, Ardmore Shipping. Uh, we are an oil and chemical tanker company based in Cork in Ireland. Uh, we have offices in Singapore, Houston, uh, and our, our main office here in, in Cork. So, you know, over the, the past 11 years now we've been in business, um, Ardmore have been kind of fairly heavily involved since day one in terms of performance improvement and optimization projects, <clears throat> whether that has been the rollout of energy saving devices on board, um, the application of uh, technology to allow us to measure performance, We've been working quite a long time now with SkySales and their Vapor platform. Um, you know, that's, that's allowed us to kind of look at various different um, opportunities, trim optimization, slow steaming. Um, we also work and tie that in with uh, weather routing uh, optimization. So, you know, th there's, there's many things that we've done physically to improve performance over the past 10, 11 years. But really the, the key fundamental issue for us is being able to measure that performance and you know, have an accurate oversight of, of how we are actually performing. Um, it's all very well saying that we're fitting this and we're applying that, but if we don't really know the tangible results that we're going to see, you know, it's, it's kind of irrelevant really. So you know, we, we have had a concerted focus and maybe we can talk over the next uh, 40 minutes or so on how we do that and the technology that we've used um, to assist us in that process. And um, maybe just to, to both Rachel and Kild's point in terms of connectivity, you know, I think it's fair to say that really since the pandemic struck, we've all had to um, get into top gear when it comes to the application of technology, um, particularly connectivity with seafarers. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to say that we, we were in a position when the pandemic hit that communication systems and such um, were good enough that we can continue to have good connectivity with sea staff and we've kind of seen that in terms of having obviously not been able to travel, we've not been able to have our crew conferences. And they're such a fundamental part of who we are in terms of making sure that the culture is dispersed throughout the entire organization. So, you know, we've held some uh, crew conferences online and we've also kind of rolled out now a quarterly, we call it our senior management team all hands meeting. 
So, you know, whether seafarers are at home or whether they're on board, it's a way for us to communicate through efficient technologies to ensure that the consistent message of the organisation is being rolled out from top to bottom across the entire organisation. Jerry, I think that's brilliant. I think it's really one of those connected but not connected, I think is one of the expressions that was used about sort of 18 months ago. And a lot of organisations, especially like yourselves, have looked at how in the new world they can stay connected through connectivity, which is, which is different from, from what we had two years ago. So thank you for that, Jerry. Uh, and last but by no means least, um, I'll ask John to, to introduce himself, please. Hello to everyone and many thanks to Capital Link for the opportunity to participate in this forum. My name is John M. Hedgepateris. I'm a director of John C. Hedgepateris and Sons in London, which is a 75 years in London shipping company. But we are here I'm, as a co-founder of Infinity Maritime, which is the first alternative finance digital platform for the issuance and trading of asset-backed digital securities in the maritime sector. So through the fractionalization and digitization of maritime assets, Infinity allows broader access to real assets investment opportunities with smoother and easier exit opportunities for investors, whether they're non-maritime and seasoned maritime investors with a core objective of promoting sustainability through the use of data. And Infinity's ambition is to reinvigorate the existing maritime ecosystem, not to disrupt it. So we, strongly believe that understanding digitization versus digitalization is important for the industry. <clears throat> so much of the conversation about how to collect digital data on vessel performance is um, different from the digitization. So digitalization enhances operator transparency, which is an anathema to some, but for those who embrace it, it's a strong differentiator and not only gives better operational insight in terms of efficiency and tracking sustainability targets, but it undoubtedly creates a better relationship with investors. In addition to this, it's necessary to see how digitization can transform other aspects of the maritime sector, especially in finance, given the ongoing lack of traditional sources of uh, debt finance to small to medium-sized earners and operators. We also strongly believe that pursuing sustainability isn't a barrier, it's an opportunity. An ever-increasing volume of capital is focused nowadays on sustainability, and maritime has traditionally missed out on this. So if we can prioritize sustainability on our vessel designs and operating approach, we'll be able to access these specific funds. So EXI and CII, rather than a barrier to progress, are likely to be the fastest way for us to embrace the opportunities of sustainability. And digital transformation in maritime finance is also enabling better ways for investors to gain exposure to shipping assets beyond collaborative direct ownership, where relationships can often cloud judgment and public listed stocks, um, which are also um, not necessarily where the operation would prioritize investor returns. Instead, digital fractionalization of assets with transparent data on asset performance creates a more exciting joint ownership opportunity combined with secondary market trading, allowing investors the opportunity to change positions and hedge and see with clarity that the assets are being operated in the most efficient way. So basically, we can see that there's a need to create a sustainable, cleaner, responsible and accountable industry. And by embracing digitization, Infinity can accelerate this process.
Thank you very much indeed for that, John. Uh, great insights and Infinity new, new to the market and a very much a new angle there as well. So, uh, Jerry, I'm going to come back to the point, I think, around, you know, what you can't measure, you can't improve. And really, uh, how do you think that industry stakeholders can derive value from data solutions for making better decisions? This is a good question, Andy. And um, I think I was, I was kind of thinking pre the, the, the conference here of how best to kind of illustrate um, this point. And maybe if I can give an example of something that we actually do um, at Ardmore, you know, you, you make the point, what gets measured gets done. It's, it's absolutely critical that we, we have the data and we can interpret the data and act on it accordingly. So, you know, historically, if we take hull cleaning as just one example of performance, you know, it used to be the case that, you know, the commercial guys would tell us a lot of our vessels are obviously operating on the spot market. So they're run commercially from in-house. And it used to be the case that we, on the technical side, would continually monitor, you know, hull performance, speed consumption, so on and so forth. And we would come to the point, we'd say to the commercial guys, guys, performance is dropping off. We need to consider doing a hull clean. And there would always be a, a propensity to say, well, we can't give you the downtime. We're busy, we have to get to the next cargo. It's always the next cargo, next cargo. And what that created, even on an internal basis originally, was a silo mentality. Everybody was looking after their own individual interest per se. And I think as we get further down the digitalization pathway, what we've realized is that you have to look at it in totality. You know, there has to be a discussion and that discussion has to be based around quantifiable and reliable data. And once you know that the data you have at hand is reliable and you can make decisions based on that, then you can sit and have a more constructive discussion with all the stakeholders that are involved, be it the commercial or be it indeed external charterers if we're on TC. So we put together a hull efficiency task force and that was made up of guys from the, the technical side, guys from the commercial side, and the chartering, so comops and chartering. And we have those regular discussions, we monitor the vessels, we produce you know, various different reports that allow us to make very, very accurate decisions based on everything from you know, the life of the coating, because obviously you know, for biocidal coatings, let's say, we don't want to be cleaning on too regular a basis, otherwise we get to the end of the five-year lifespan of the coating and we don't have very much biocide left. So, you know, there's, there's always a balancing act, and that has to be balanced both between a technical perspective and a commercial perspective. But the, the biggest thing I would say from our point of view was it completely changed people's way of thinking, as I say, getting away from that silo mentality to working more cohesively as a team. Now, whether that's on an internal basis or whether that's how we move forward with charterers, you know, on a wider scale, I think these are the conversations that have to take place on a more regular basis to make the to make the fleet in general a better performing fleet and a more environmentally friendly fleet. I love that, Jerry. I think it's multi-stakeholder in terms of how we're going to unlock the real value from this. It's not about sort of single players within the uh, the overall ecosystem. And I think you've hit the nail on the head between ship ownership, managers, charterers, but also the internal transformations or transitions that need to go on to, to break down some of the silos that we have internal to our organization. So thank you, Jerry, for those insights. And John, from your perspective, how do you think this is going to play out?
sorry, from a commercial point of view, I can see that data analytics can be used to create benchmarks. Um, so apart from the technical and granular level of, of data, which comes directly from the ship, they can also be translated into KPIs and therefore used at a commercial level. And in Infinity's case, we're working with several analytics companies to give real-time enhancements to valuations of our digital securities. And by creating a, a, a benchmark, which can then be um, used against recognized and regulated indices, then we've identified that there are several new arbitrage opportunities for investors. So there's a way that, that data could be translated into, into commer for commercial benefit, which will then give you um, all sorts of different ways that, that people can invest and hedge in, in shipping exposure. Um, you know, apart from that, we think that one of the other most important, perhaps, ways of, of making better decisions is the improvement of safety through, through the data solutions. Um, personally, I strongly believe that it shouldn't be used to give a ratings advantage and then create a non-level playing field. I think there has to be a level playing field in terms of technical and commercial data so that there's no competitive advantage on, <clears throat> on a particular type of ship that's on a particular trade that isn't recognized um, because of its specificality to the market. Um, but there are opportunities there where better decisions can be made through better, better use of, of commercial data as well. Super, thanks, John. And with all these things, when you're doing a data and digitalization program, you expect to have connectivity challenges. Um, so apologies if I have come across as a little blurred during this, but my team has worked wonders in the background to get me connected again. So uh, move, moving on to our next question, I'm going to come to Rachel. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how digitally mature do you think the industry is and, and why? Oh, good question. Um, I think this is quite hard to put a figure on because what I see from my point of view is a real patchwork. So I see some organisations which are very sophisticated in the way that they are gathering and deploying data. And um, I think we've got great examples on the panel here of sophisticated organisations. We also see then many organisations across the industry which are less so. And I think we have... Um, and I think it's been pointed to already, potentially a clash of soft and hard systems. Um, and that's probably exacerbated between being onshore and offshore, because what can work onshore can't always work offshore and um, because of connectivity issues. Um, so I'm not going to pin to any particular figure, but I'm going to say more than five, less than ten. Um, uh, and something that's relevant from the legal angle here is I think what we can all agree on is, regardless of sophistication, we're definitely in an increasingly data-rich environment. And so as the industry changes, as there's more and more data, what we have to get to grips with when we're dealing with both commercial legal issues, but also the resolution of disputes, is the extraction of that data and the assessment of that data. And I've mentioned already that increasingly artificial intelligence is used to help us review very large quantities of data. Um, now the court defines data very widely, so it's really any information in any system. So you can imagine how complicated this becomes when you're no longer thinking about going into the office and collecting a file of particular papers and maybe downloading some emails, but you've got large data systems which you need to be able to penetrate to take that information and then to assess it in order to resolve the dispute or assist our clients commercially to help them understand how to move forward. So regardless of where our clients sit on that scale, we see that it's um, 
it's a new frontier of challenge in lots of ways. I love that, Rachel, and it's a whole different perspective as well on, on the use of data. I think from the techie nerdy side on ship management, ship operations, et cetera, we look at data rich but decision poor, but I think there's that whole realm around you know, other forms of data and how they're going to be used in the future as well. So, Keld, coming to, to your side of things, how, how would you assess the maturity? And, and I'm going to ask for a number, somewhere between five and ten, um, you know, towards, <laughs> towards how you think the level of maturity of the industry yeah. is. Yeah, I can I I can agree to to Rachel. It's it's not ten, and and it's not the one either. Uh, there's somewhere in between, and it really much depends on where we are looking. Uh, I, I can also agree on that uh, a patchwork. We see that uh, now and then uh, different things which might not uh, interact or integrate so so well. Uh, coming back to what you said, uh, Jerry. Uh, around the, the hull efficiency and that the silos uh, we have uh, seen exactly the same and we came, we came around that uh, exactly in the same way as you did. Um, we have also been focusing quite a bit on the internal uh, or, or the internal machinery on board. Uh, how, how, can we, how can we operate our machinery better? Uh, obviously, again, we need data. And uh, this is maybe where the shipping industry lacks some transparency. I mean, a ship is certainly not uh, as standardized as we see uh, in many other places. I mean, uh, like in the aviation industry or car uh, industry. Uh, so it's a little bit of hassle to get the data we actually want because on one ship you do like that and then you have to figure out how you do it on, on another ship. There is no Multi-plug, you just plug in and then you get whatever you, you would like. Uh, that, that forms a hassle uh, in, 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 in that respect. Uh, but we are moving in that direction. Um, another thing which, uh, when we're talking about digitalization and where we are, one thing is the technical stuff, all the software systems, that, that's fine. But there's a human being behind all that. And uh, having a, a, a large crew, which we, we have and Artmore have, and there are many newcomers every, every year, uh, train and, and, and get them to use the system properly. That's certainly also a hassle. Um, and uh, something which is something we are, we are, we are dealing with uh, on a daily basis, training and that kind of thing. So yeah, a six maybe. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> we'll accept somewhere between a five and a 10, I think, as the, as the general consensus. And I think you've, you've hit a key point there about the importance of the seafarers and ensuring that they are brought along on this journey. It's not about yes. an either or, it's about an and. And that can bring additional challenges around training and, and engagement that both, both yourself and Jerry have alluded to. I'm going to come back to transparency and standardization in a second. But just to take a step backwards, I think people have been talking about decarbonization and digitalization as though they were two different things. Um, but I think we're all aligning on the fact that one, one is an enabler. So digitalization is a potential enabler towards decarbonization. But Rachel, what are you seeing in the decarbonization space right now when it comes to the use of data? Um, so I think you're absolutely right, Andy, it's a massive enabler. Um, so I'd, I'd pick out three things here. The first is data collection, because the data of today is really what informs the regulations of tomorrow. And that also means that the regulations which will come into force over the next year or so are based on data that has been collected over the preceding years. So for instance, the emissions trading scheme is likely to apply to shipping from 2023 onwards. Well, that was preceded by the EU MRV, 
long-term monitoring reports and verification regulations, which is all about collecting emissions data from ships. Um, and that is partly geared towards the EU being able to set an appropriate quantity of emissions for shipping within the scheme. So there's the collections aspect. Um, I think we see more data flow as an enabler to decarbonisation. So if I were to take just-in-time arrivals, uh, as an example, we're talking about data flow, not just between two parties, but a multi-party scenario. So port, shoreside services, different ships. And I think that's quite a new thing, but that's a real enabler of reduction of emissions. Um, and I, I think Jerry had a great example there with the hull cleaning as well, you know, more data cleaning the hull enables the ship to move more smoothly, burn less fuel, you're saving emissions. Uh, and then the third main point that I would make is benchmarking. A lot of this data collection is geared towards being able to look at a collection of ships or operators and to see where they sit in terms of greenness within a portfolio. So we've got this um, with the CII regs, uh, carbon intensity indicator, which is all about rating ships. 